During the MCO, many people's livelihood had been affected, especially the daily wage earners, migrant workers and urban poor. The parishes started with helping put food on the table, but now the needs are greater. Many among our friends have been asking what can they do, even if it's something small, to help our community. Today, Catholics at Home speaks to Father Bernard Hyacinth SJ, the Director of the KL Archdiocesan Office of Human Development, on what has been happening on the ground and what can we do post-MCO to help the needy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholics at Home. This is our live show in collaboration with the Catholic Research Centre in Kuala Lumpur. My name is Kachang Kevin and all of us at Catholics at Home would like to welcome you to this live show. We'd also like to know from where you are viewing this show, uh, be it on Facebook or YouTube, but tell us where geographically, where you're from in Malaysia or outside of Malaysia, and maybe you can tell us uh, which parish you're from, right? So we'd like to know where you're from. Just type it in the comments and, you know, hopefully we'll can, we can have a more better connection with you and engage better further. All right, uh, let me just introduce who will be on the show today. As always, I'll be joined by my co-host, Mark Darren Lee. Hey, Hi, Mark. Good morning. Morning, Mark. Uh, Mark will be handling the questions from our viewers today. So if you have any questions for Father Bernard or Father Clarence, you can just type them out in the comment section and we'll get it to our guest today. Right, Mark? Yes, Kevin. I mean, today is a beautiful day. Uh, I mean, we see all the comments coming in. I mean, yeah, from David, uh, you know, I mean, from Maria Liu, from Angeline. Yeah, and uh, some of them from the Risen Christ Church, Jalan Ipoh. Wow, all the way in Ipoh. Yeah, so again, uh, good morning to everyone. And we'd like to hear which parish you're from. Uh, just click on the uh, comment section. Let us know. I mean, and also say amen if it's a beautiful day for you all. Do you think it's a beautiful day today? Amen. amen. Yes. All, all right. right. Also, uh, uh, we've just started this show, so uh, you can just share it with your friends and family. Yeah, we'll be having about an hour or so with Father Bernard. So, you know, a lot of questions I'm sure we're going to ask him today. So, you know, just join us, share this post, share this video with your friends and family. We are live right here, Catholics at Home. Also joining the conversation, we have Father Clarence Devadas. Good morning, Father Clarence. Hey, Kevin. Morning, Kevin. Morning, Mark. Morning, Happy Father. Saturday to both of you. Yeah, you too, Father. Uh, you know, we've been wanting... A big smile on both of you. I must have a big cup of coffee this morning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Father, I would like to wish you Happy Teacher's Day because uh, you were one of my early teachers uh, when I was in Assumption. Oh, you thank know, you, I mean, Mark. as an altar boy. <laughs> I still so remember touched. that. I'm so touched. I'm glad you, I, I'm glad you turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure, Father? <laughs> uh, we need to find out. We need to speak to his family and find out. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Father, so day, uh, uh, Teacher's Day today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, during this MCO, I'm sure many parents, uh, you know, had been forced into the teacher role, you know, to you know, so that their children won't uh, lag in their studies and all that. So I guess everyone's a teacher, right, Father? Yeah, I think you know everyone has taken an uh, you know an extra role, you know, to 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 ensure you know their kids are on online, not just to be online, but you know to help them with extra work. So I think yeah, I think this is a different Teachers' Day. I think Teachers' Day goes out to everyone, you know, every every person. Because I think we have, we all have been teaching each other and, and learning from one another during this MCU. I have learned a lot. So in some ways, we have, you know, shared, imparted some wisdom, some knowledge, and of course, some patience too with each other. So we have learned a lot from one another, I think, you know. So Teacher's Day to everyone. Happy Teacher's Day to everyone out there. Hmm. 
So, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, but before we start, we bring in, before we bring in Father Bernard, just like to remind all those listening now, please help us share that we are live now. Huh? There's a share button on your Facebook and on YouTube. Just click the share button. Share it with all your friends, family, parishioners that, hey, today we're going to have a fantastic topic which is going to talk to us about how we're going to help the needy. Yeah? So we need all your help. Click the share button. Yeah? And while you click the share button, also please do comment and tell us where you're from. And if you're having a, a teacher also listening, wish, wish them Teacher's Day and, and, and maybe you can tag them on our post down here, your Sunday school teachers. Yeah, please, maybe you can share with us who are your teachers for Sunday school. Tag them on your Facebook post. And yeah, and wish them. Yeah, we'd like to hear from all of you. Yeah, so good morning, everyone. We have people from Kajang, from uh, Good Shepherd, from Ipo, from Olaf. Fantastic, nice to have all of you here. I I wonder is uh, Father Gerard on today because he usually joins our shows. And today is Father Gerard, uh, uh, his birthday, right, Mark? Yes, today is uh, Father Gerard's birthday. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not on on yet. We didn't see him uh, uh, come in, but yeah, we come hope on. hopefully they'll come, come in later. Oh, get him Father, on. Clarence, Father Clarence, maybe can you share the link for him so he can come and join us in the chat? Probably, probably having having a very leisurely, leisurely having a nice breakfast currently, probably <laughs> most likely enjoying no, maybe, the quiet. Let me message Father Gerard, see whether we can get him. Maybe <laughs> all those listening from CDM, maybe you could do me a favor. Maybe you could tell Father Gerard and wish Father Gerard happy birthday in our comment below. And yeah, thank him and, uh, so that he'll come online. You know what I mean? To join us, maybe we'll have a surprise. If you want Father Gerard to come on this show, type GT. <laughs> yes, type GT down there. And wish happy birthday, Father GT. Come on, let's see anyone wishing Father Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as mentioned in the opener, our special guest today is Father Bernard Hyacinth, the director of the Kiel Archdiocese Office of Human Development. Oh, hello, Father. Hold on. Huh? Trying to get it. Oh, Father Gerard. Yes, Bernard. Morning, Hello. thank you, Kevin. Morning, Father. Morning, morning, everyone. Morning, Father Bernard. You know, uh, Father Bernard, we've been wanting and waiting to cover this topic since the start of uh, Catholics at Home podcast at the beginning of MCO. But we've held off just a little bit just to get a better sense of all the uncertainty yeah, so that we can uh, get a grasp of what's happening and how we can uh, explain to everybody and uh, how they can help out in this uh, challenging time. So, But right now is a good time, I suppose, uh, to get you on so that you can share with us all that the church is doing and also what we can do. But first, let's get to know you a little bit better. Father, I believe you are based at the Church of Our Lady of Fatima. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, Brickfields, Our Lady of Fatima since uh, February last year. So it's just been over a year now. Oh, and uh, just re recently we celebrated the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Yes. Um, I suppose because of this uh, CMCO, things were a little bit different for, for your parishioners, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Father Clarence and I did the online rosary with the uh, mm -hmm. Ask them to do it from the BECs, mm. and we both join whenever we can, uh, according mm. to the times of the BECs. It worked out well, but uh, I mean, yeah, the limitations is there. Uh, people still want to be together, which we can't at the moment, but still, we were able to join them in prayer in a meaningful way. Uh. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I suppose uh, before we begin talking uh, about how we can help our community, Father Bernard, can you just uh, briefly tell us what is the uh, core mission or, or what do you do at EOHD? Okay. Yeah. First, a bit about myself. I am from born, bred, and good shepherd, Stapak Parish. Mm -hmm. uh, so I left 
uh, well, studied in St. John's and I left Malaysia in 1989 to join the Jesuit uh, novitiate in Singapore. Um, and from there, I went to study in Philippines and Rome, Canada. And a lot of, uh, about 20 years at least, spent time, 25 years out of the country, but about 20 years working among refugees, migrants, people in detention center. So I came back uh, after being in different parts of the world, Asia Pacific mainly, as also Rome, working with refugees in the Middle East, Jordan, Syria, it's all the war-torn conflict areas. I came back to 2016, uh, offered this job in well, ministry in the Archdiocesan Office for Human Development. So from July 2016, I've been here. Uh, so the work of the Office for Human Development, the three broad areas, like charity, um, integral human development, and then justice and peace. So depending on the needs, uh, one of these three becomes more prominent. Okay? So uh, it is to coordinate all the social activities of the Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur, uh, together with the parishes, the BECs. Okay? Uh, the ministries uh, that are in existence now in AOT, uh, the Special Needs Learning Center for children and young adults with autism. And on that note, this morning, I sent out a message to greet all our teachers. Maybe some of them are watching. So blessed Teachers Day. We value and acknowledge your contribution. As we talked just now, all of us in some ways are teachers. But especially, I like to acknowledge our special needs learning center teachers uh, in this very difficult time, especially for children with uh, autism. Uh, routine is important and communication is important, but they can only communicate some levels visually and all that. So in a difficult time, I'd like to remember them and offer my greetings and prayers to all teachers, but particularly the our special needs learning center. So we have two centers behind Assumption Church, just two houses, one for early intervention, about 7 to 14 years, and then the other one from 15 to 25 uh, above which is a vocational training center for the adults. Okay. Uh, it's open from Monday to Friday from 8.30 to about 1.30 to 2. And then the teachers stay on to do all the uh, lesson plans, review, etc. The other big work is migrants and refugees. Uh, uh, so it's from simple thing from case work, you know, those who walk into the office, okay. Uh, networking with other NGOs to get their rights, even including sometimes visiting them at detention centers uh, and working together with other NGOs to somehow make their lives a little bit better, uh, refugees, migrants. This is a big work if you also consider the parishes, what parishes are doing. So many parishes in Archdiocese and of course, not to mention Penang and Melaka Johor Diocese and East Malaysia also. But many parishes in Archdiocese have got migrant ministry, and it's very big. You know? So the work that we are doing, reaching out to them, even simple things, uh, which I'll say more about uh, shortly, uh, putting food on the table for them to taking up cases, uh, etc. Okay? Uh, so that work is actually quite huge if you put the whole Archdiocese together. Okay? Then uh, urban poor, uh, walk-in cases, uh, 
that comes to the office. Since our office is, had, was in Bukit Nanas until two years ago, moved to the pastoral center in uh, Jalan Pudu. Uh, it's, it's very central. So we had a lot of people coming in, men, women, children, different nationalities, races, religion, asking for help. And we do what we can. We do an interview and then we'll see how we can help. Some we help directly, some we refer to other uh, agencies or networks. Okay. And the other area is, uh, since I started in 2016, on ecology and environment, care for the environment, especially since Pope Francis issued the uh, letter on, on care for a common home, or Laudato Si, which today we start the Laudato Si week, which is the fifth anniversary of the letter of Pope Francis on, on care for a common home. So I started that uh, to, to create awareness that this we are in a crisis. Yeah? We are in an urgent point of uh, uh, the need to care for a common home. If not, we are destroying it. We have destroyed some. If we don't stop, we will destroy it more. You know? So how to uh, stop that? So Pope Francis has made this urgent call to the whole world. It's not just for people in the church, but for every living being on this uh, planet uh, to do something to uh, care for the environment. Okay? Then the other broad area is formation okay? on social teachings of the Catholic Church, the social doctrine of the Catholic Church, if it's called. Um, uh, how it, it's again basically how to respond to the needs of the poor uh, that is existing currently, you know, in whether it's migrant workers, refugees, even the urban poor uh, workers, etc. Um, and and part of the formation is also to show uh, it's a bit of a project management. How can we respond to the poor in a more critical, uh, professional way? that meets the needs of the poor, that helps us to review our work uh, properly so that we address current needs, we update what we have done from before to present, look into changing needs, etc. Okay. Those are the four, four or five broad areas. But just briefly, we used to run the soup kitchen in Bukit Nanas, the feeding program. Yeah. Uh, so since we moved uh, from Bukit Nanas to APC, that was closed. Also, while we were doing that, also found out that feeding program has been going on for uh, almost 20 years now. But we found that this is all long before the current situation. Huh? Uh, after doing a review, there's a lot of feeding going on in KL. You know? In fact, there's overfeeding. So I can give you a whole list. You can have breakfast, brunch, uh, early lunch, lunch tea, supper, etc. For the whole day, you can go from one kitchen to another to ask for food. But what was not addressed, at least at that time, was the mental health issues and uh, livelihoods, the job skills, okay? uh, plus hygiene. Our kitchen, you can come and eat, sit down, food is put on the table, it's served. Uh, but also, we provide a laundry. So you can come and wash your clothes. You can shave, you can take shower, etc. Dry your clothes, come and collect the next day. So most of the homeless around there come. You know? um, but the two areas of mental health and, and uh, life skills are, are something that we need to look into the long term. Okay? But that's yeah, that's a parenthesis of the soup kitchen and also the welcome community home. It was a transitional area for people with AIDS, HIV. It was up in Batuarang, uh, 
uh, we closed it because there was no need for that kind of work uh, anymore. Okay, uh, so that was since December last year. We closed it after about 20 years uh, also, and uh, doing a proper review, proper documentation, profile, etc. And now, of course, the discussion is: what do we do with the area? What do we do with the needs, new needs that may emerge uh, in that area? So those are all the, you know, very briefly the works uh, of the Archdiocese of uh, Kuala Lumpur. So, Father, thanks for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess people like me and all, I mean, uh, I think many of my friends also, they, they, I mean, they, they would like to know um, what, let's say, what can they do, for example, for, for them to help out? Because I think okay. uh, we don't hear many of these ministries and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Actually, on the ground, people are doing a lot. As I mentioned, for example, the migrant uh, refugee ministry. I'll mention Tula as an example, and then the care for the environment also. Uh, the Pola, so local, urban, and, and migrant refugees. From the parishes, uh, uh, whether it's BC or the, the parishes have got, many parishes have the Integral Human Development Ministry. Uh, so they are the, our sort of like a counterpart uh, on the ground uh, the parishes they're doing a lot of you know responding to the needs uh, of the poor from basic you know necessities to more like education etc okay um then the vincent de paul also you know, many parishes have uh, vincent de paul conferences you know they run uh, uh, orphanages you know, education centers uh, whether for locals or migrants even this uh, uh, people with uh, AIDS, HIV up in Batuarang. Okay. Um, so on the ground, people are actually doing a lot. I'm just mentioning this because you, we, we already have access to these structures in our parishes and in the archdiocese. So all you need to probably do is uh, get to know them, the existing uh, works, you know. Um, and then there are also individuals who are doing uh, a lot of work uh, on the ground. Now, Catholics or even others, people of different faiths whom we can link uh, with also to do the work, you know. So I'm, the reason I'm saying these structures, there are only existing structures within which we can work and can do a lot. Uh, no need to start something uh, new. Okay? And the danger of starting something new is we can, I'll say, get into the duplication of serv of services. Okay, and then the the the, the uh, conflict or in in terms of resource management. Okay. Our, our pot of resources is one, like same parish, you know. But then if we stretch it out too thin, then we are not able to uh, respond to the real needs of people. You know? uh, we, we, we don't have the ability and the capacity to, we will never have the ability and capacity to respond to everybody's needs. That's, that's, that's the yeah. fact. But how, in, in some ways, I think, yeah. you know, just to, to, to contribute to that question, I think, uh, you know, a lot of parishes are doing a lot of different things. You know, it all depends on your locality, the demographics of your people, uh, you know, what the needs are. Uh, and I think more recently, I think with this MCO, the needs have really, you know, either doubled or tripled in many ways. Mm. Uh, Father Bernard and I, we, we work, I mean, we minister in the same parish in Our Lady of Fatima. You know, we have been also trying to see how we can respond, you know. And I, I think Kevin mentioned at the beginning, what started off as just putting food on people's table, mm. uh, now it has escalated to another level. You know, I think one of the things, uh, Father Bernard, maybe you'd like to share is like, mm. you know, 
what are, I, know, I know you have been co coordinating and we have been talking about it. There yeah. are a lot of things that parishes are doing on the ground, uh, responding to these different needs, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, it will be nice if, you know, if to just to hear what, what's happening, you know, what's happening on the ground so that people can jump in also in different areas. Sure. Yeah, okay. So for a start, uh, I talked about the structure, so I'm reading from there, okay. Um, this, I've been working in, in refugee crisis situation, war, conflicts, and all that, even tsunami, natural disasters, earthquake in Indonesia and different parts of, of Asia. But this one, the, the, the unique thing about our current situation, this uh, COVID-19 is the movement control order. We cannot just go around uh, giving out food and visiting, etc. You know? So we thought, let's start, let's work with our existing structure. We have the basic ecclesial communities, the basic Christian communities, our parish, the Vincent de Paul and the Parish Integral Human Development. They have been established, okay? So we can empower them to reach out to the people in the neighborhood, in the locality, okay? So that we need to respect and accept the MCO. Uh, it, it is a necessary, it is necessity. So, but within that limitation, uh, how can we still do something creatively to reach out to the poor, okay? So we use the existing structure instead of creating another structure. So the BECs exist, the Vincent de Paul exists, the Parish Integral Human Development exists, okay? And then the individuals also. I've, I've so many news about individuals by themselves just in their neighborhood, locality, uh, being alert to the needs of people. They say, hey, let's come together and let's buy food for this family. Let's adopt a family. So individuals have done that, okay? Uh, BECs have done it, and then the parish uh, integral human development. So some of the parishes, they have lived from the parish priest to the parishioners, the, the PIHD and the BECs, literally have bought, you know, rice, oil, sardine cans, magimi, etc., and taken it out to distribute. Now, I told them to be careful to get permission, etc., so we don't break the MCO also. So they have done that. Many parishes have done that. Just literally buying food and distributing, including the remote areas, especially for migrants, refugees. Okay? Documented and undocumented also. Okay. Um, so this has been, so I, I you know, I, the numbers are, are, are big. It can easily be more than a thousand if I put many of the parishes uh, together. Okay. So individuals, the BC structure, the Vincent de Paul, PhD, the parishes, the parish priests themselves, some of them have gone out to uh, distribute food, uh, put on their car, on their trucks. So let's let's just, let's just be very very clear that you know within within the, the orders of the movement control, you know, <laughs> you within, yeah yeah yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. in no, difficulties. And I think I keep you know, reminding them not to break, yeah, uh, to follow you know, that. Because that's very important. Yeah, if you need to, please uh, get permission. So the the ministry has come up with the. You have to go to the JKM. Uh, and get permit and all. So all that uh, is on board. I don't want people running around. That's why it's very important to go back to our basic structure, uh, the BEC parish, etc. So I think one, then, one of the that you know, one of the things that you know, I at least I've heard from people, people saying, you know, uh, you know, we don't hear the church doing much, but actually on the ground, there's a lot of things happening. Yeah, know, from listening to what you are saying, you know, yeah. maybe you know, maybe we don't post it. I mean, maybe we don't we don't publicize. Ooh. But there's a lot of things happening on the ground. A lot of parishes, uh, BECs, and I think individuals also have been reaching out. Uh, and I think, you know, that's something that we can harness, we can strengthen, 
uh, encourage people, you know, uh, yeah. looking up each other, your neighbors, start with your immediate neighbors. I think that that is, a, you know, that's something that we all can can do also. And so I just want to emphasize the fact that a lot of things happening on the ground, you know, maybe we don't know of it, we don't hear about it, or we don't see it, does yeah. not necessarily mean there's nothing happening. I think, you know, just to, yeah, just to add to that, yeah. That's an important point. I mean, people have been asking me, how come the church is not doing anything? But then I tell them what I'm telling all of you now. There's a lot doing, uh, being done. Maybe we need to communicate. Maybe that this is the time now after two months, I'm uh, negotiating or discussing with all the leaders of the parish integral human development to put something together and, and just share. But it, it, you know, our Catholic tradition of... Uh, the right hand should not know the left hand what it is doing and all that we you know trying to keep humble low profile and that's important the other thing is also for me having worked in the development humanitarian world the respect and dignity for people you know i i notice people snapping photographs and putting it online and uh i it, sometimes we need to be careful uh you don't want to show that we are doing something uh, especially in this time also, we need to be careful. And since the audience are listening, we have to be also conscious of the social distancing. People don't go around distributing food and then we take photographs with people, you know, shaking hands and buddy-buddy uh, as if like nothing is going on. We need to be careful of all that, lah, huh? that's necessary. Then the other part of uh, assistance is also knowing what are the other services or other civil society uh, organizations that exist in a locality. Now, why I'm saying this, so again, going back to the issue of duplication of service, if you know all the other services, not all, maybe some, and that's what I've tried to do, get people to understand, uh, to find out what are others doing in your locality. Then sometimes we don't have to do it directly. Okay? We know what others are doing and we can refer uh, to those who are already existing. And I've done it a lot. And actually, uh, this is the time the social media, WhatsApp, has been really very helpful. I've even uh, have uh, developed pains on my wrist because the number of amount of time I've spent uh, just doing that, like a switchboard. Okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, is something very important. Yeah. We could yeah. internet with others. Uh, I, I, I think, I, think yeah, I think, Father, I mean, uh, uh, like what you mentioned, I think uh, the why we why we're doing the show is also to create awareness because a lot of people are asking, you know, I mean, like what's the church doing? So I think yeah. communication is key, and I think uh, we need to do our best also to help our neighbors and our friends to also create awareness that actually this is what they can do because I think some of them uh, they may not be aware, and I think this is an opportunity mm -hmm. for us to do our part also. But we have a question yeah. from Sheena. Yeah. So has there been an effort to organize all, yeah, uh, the the efforts from parishes and BECs and ministries? Um, hi, Dr. Sheena. Thanks for your question. <laughs> I, I, I know her. Um, no, um, not at the moment, I would say. Uh, not not a, a concerted effort. Okay, Because as I mentioned, we are in a very unique situation of the MCO. Okay, And then the virus itself. We are, we are in a sense, at, at a war. We don't know who our enemy is and where the enemy is. So we have to respect the MCO, the, the movement control, etc. Empower people at the moment to do what is necessary, what is needed for people. Okay? But then also we need to be a bit uh, uh, critical. So when you when people ask for help,
try to find out how uh, have they received help from others also or not. And you can do that by asking questions. And also, at the moment, we are limited. We cannot go and visit and find out. Okay, there's a way of asking questions that to to verify that they have not received any help from others, and therefore they they they, they are in need of help now. Okay, but in order to bring everything together, I think this may not uh, be the time. We we are. It, like at least from the PhD coordinators that we are in a WhatsApp group, we we connect with each other. If there are doubts, questions, we can ask. If this person has the person been helped, you know, uh, if from this particular area, etc., we can do that. But at the moment, we can't uh, pull things together given the situation, lah. But but I think also for the Bernard, I think I mean just to respond to that question, it yeah. may it may be also impossible to at least this is what I think. Uh, from a central position to yeah. you know to to coordinate everything the best no. is the people on the ground the parishes uh, the the PIHDs you know if people are out there listening if they they want to coordinate and i think a lot of parishes are coordinating i mean we share our own experience uh, in fatima you know we've tried yeah. to bring the SSVP together together with the BECs so i i find it very effective and very quick uh, when it's at a local level yeah right? trying to you know bring it to, to a bigger level and then you know the AOHD trying to manage the whole thing no. uh, I, at this time I think it's all it's I wouldn't want to say impossible but it's not it's difficult mm -hmm. uh, so on the ground at the local level you know uh, parishes are already doing it uh, you know and I think they're doing a great job from what I hear from other priests yeah. also uh, so I think I mean to Sheena's question if you know there are people who are trying to you know reach out or trying to find ways I think the parish integral human development I, I mean I would be correct to say you know at least 90 95 98 percent of our parishes have got a PhD in the Archdiocese for the Bernard almost so all uh, slightly less but around there around some arm of doing charitable works yeah, yeah. yeah one or yeah, the other yeah, so it's yeah. those parishes. You know, they call it different names. You have PhD, you have SSVP, you have Ministry for the Poor, um, mm. but you know, just different different branding, but all doing the same work, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, think uh, the other point. Can I just jump in because I see yeah. some of the questions? Okay. Yeah, there's this uh, word that is tossed around: the church. What is the church doing, and all that? We, each one of us, are the church. We are the, the, the leaven, the salt, the light. We are present there already. Okay? So we are, we as church, the people of God, are already present. So it's not the institution like AOHD or the Archdiocese doing something. No, it is each one of us, wherever we are, given the current circumstance, so the context is important, given the current circumstance, we as church, okay, individuals and collectively as communion, are already responding to the needs of the poor. We are breaking the Eucharist in real life now and feeding uh, the hungry. Yeah. I, think, I, I think I just want to say that uh, while listening to Father Bernard and Father Clarence is that, you know, for some of us, uh, we may not be very active in our BECs and maybe we just have a wrong impression, oh, that's just for like rosaries or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now we get to know that the BECs, I mean, we know the BECs are much more than that 
And if there's any time to reconnect with your BC is right now because, you know, we like Father Bernard's been saying, it's a unique situation. We haven't been able, we can't go f- very far out and all that. So the closest yeah. ones to us to channel those efforts to help people or to ask for help is our BC. So, you know, I, I suppose for those of you who are, who are a bit... Uh, uh, not so connected with your BEC, maybe it's time to just uh, pick up the phone, call the church or find out who's your chief and just get in touch and just start reconnecting because we don't know how long this is going to be actually, you know, it's not just yeah, close yeah. Go. And so, you know, maybe this is probably a good time to reconnect with our BECs, if, mm. if I may say that further. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We also recognize, you know, we also have to recognize that, you know, everyone is my neighbor. It's, it's this whole story of, of the Good Samaritan, who is my neighbor, you know? I mean, not your literal sense of your your neighbor across your fence, but you know, everyone becomes a neighbor now. Uh, everyone has a need, you know. And if each one of us, in small ways, we can we can chip in to help others, and and I think that goes a long way, isn't it? I mean, everybody is impacted uh, financially, economically in this MCO. I think though, there's there's no one out there who can say that I'm not affected. You know, uh, no. we are all affected some way. You know, either emotionally, psychologically. Uh, economically, financially, you know, in every sense. But if each one of us can just, you know, we always, I, I always think it this way, you know, you know, even though I am going through difficulty, there's somebody else who's experiencing more difficulties than I am, you know, uh, there's someone. So if, you know, in some way I can reach out, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I think for the burner, I just want to add, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's, it's not just the financial assistance that we can offer, yeah. but, Emotional support for people who need is also another form of assistance that we can offer. If we, if financial support is not you know within our means, emotional support, uh, yeah. you know, working. Yeah. You know, you brought the issue of mental health. You know, we're not too sure what other issues are going to come out after this. You know, people who are struggling, yeah. uh, people who have you know who are at the, you know, is is up against the wall. Don't know what to do. You know, you know, maybe they need a shoulder to to cry on. You know, something yeah. like that. There's yeah. so many. Th- that, that we can offer and let's not just think of helping in terms of financial help but you know there's other support systems are also needed during this time that that we all can do in some ways True. yeah i mean people have you know not that many but people have called just to talk you know uh, struggling in this time and then like for example i mentioned about our special needs learning center the teachers have uh, been uh, creating materials uh, from our center or from their home sending it via grab to the homes okay and then they follow up with the parents to help teach the students you know? because for the autistic uh, children and young adults the, the routine visual is very important you cannot the, the, the struggle even this morning on radio the struggle to explain this virus to autistic children how do you do that mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's a struggle. So and then, and the teachers are in touch with the parents just to check with them how are the parents doing. Okay, before the parents could drop their children from eight thirty in the morning to about two in the afternoon, then they go to work. They have no need to worry, you know. But now the students are in the house. How do we empower the parents to help uh, the students? And we do what we can. We're not, you know, we're not. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's room for improvement, but they've. They have been doing that, preparing materials, sending out to the families, following up online, etc. So this is uh, another way of helping people in need during this time. That that's great, uh, Father Burnett. 
just want to remind the viewers watching that uh, this is our live show. We are talking to Father Bernard Hyacinth, the director of the Archdiocese uh, Development Development uh, Ministry, uh, reaching out to community and those who need help uh, at this challenging time. So if you have any questions for Father Bernard, you can uh, just post it on our comment section. Also, don't forget to like and share our page. We are still just halfway through the show, so there's a lot of time to get your questions in. Share it to those who, who you think will benefit from uh, this, this show that we're having right now. So let's uh, get to our question now uh, from Terry Gibson. Morning, everyone. We are trying our best to help and provide as BEC and church through BEC, PIHD, and personal funds. How can we church provide help through networking to help with care, consolation, mental health, as Father Bernard earlier mentioned, and if possible, consolidate people into projects organized by the church during MCO? Okay. Um, I think, yeah. It, it, I mentioned just now, uh, when we say church, who, who are the church? It is us, each one of us, and, and together as a communion. Okay? Um, given the current situation, the existing structures of BEC, PhD, uh, etc., but also NGOs, uh, the civil or civil society uh, organizations uh, that are also doing this. Okay? Uh, we do have contact in, in locations. Uh, depending where people are so that we don't uh, run around in different places. We do have contacts with some of them uh, and we can refer people to them also. Okay. Um, at the moment, if the question is asking about uh, creating another structure, I don't think uh, this is the time for it. We, we, we can't do that. We just use the existing, uh, the, the, the switchboard analogy for me, it makes a lot of sense. So we, we, we connect people uh, together and to find out. It takes it takes time. Like, for example, I received even from KK, people from Sabah asking for help from here. And then I try to find out how to put them in touch with networks in Sabah to get aid to them in uh, KK. You know, uh, it does take time. It does take time. It is a bit of an effort. But yeah, I noticed that at one of the sessions I had with the urban poor, the NGOs organized by Suhaka, what we don't have here, and I think because of my experience in Thailand, for example, the cluster approach, okay? The civil society are organized according to, let's say, those who are so-called experts in livelihood, education, food, water, sanitation. We don't have that kind of uh, uh, approach. So that when we can, there's a central database, if possible, that we know uh, we can link, uh, connect to them, and say, okay, if it's education, we go to this cluster. If it's a livelihood, we go to this cluster. That's something that we need to develop uh, in time. Father, uh, I think what, well, I guess yeah. talking about that, we we have never had an experience yes. that prepared us for this. No. No, I mean I, I'm not I'm not comparing, but you know, like some countries they have annually uh, hurricane or typhoon, yeah. uh, earthquake uh, experience uh, or tsunami experience, and 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 they seem to be more prepared uh, for for such kind of disasters. In some ways, here in Malaysia, we are blessed, uh, and in the sense we are not prepared. I mean, I'm just looking at an example like. You know, like I, I'm told in in in, in when I was in Korea, you know, uh, there's always you know uh, they have these drills, you know, 
in case of an emergency they, they teach yeah. children you know what to do in case of an emergency uh mm. you know i remember being being in, in south korea once in one afternoon suddenly i heard heard this loud siren you know the, the sirens that you hear on on war movies you know you know when you hear uh, you know oh i was like what do i do do i go under the table do i run to my bathroom or you know what do i what do i do is that some kind of emergency so we're not prepared uh so hopefully after this you know like you said i think you know we have more systems in place to be prepared for you know such kinds of, of emergencies or disasters uh yeah yeah that, that's what i say that there's no prior experience yeah but maybe i can add uh i think um sometimes we all we need like uh, we've seen facebook groups grow where people are, are, are posting individually you know i mean they create a facebook group so that communities can come in i've seen facebook group for food 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 uh, uh vendors so that they come in and say hey, actually i'm delivering food and different vendors will come and post where the community then will say okay maybe i want to support this person because his business is so they come and do that maybe a suggestion is uh, we can create a facebook group for this where we can get different BECs, different uh, uh, parts of SVP or what to post, whatever initiative. And if the people listening out there, they want to contribute in terms of uh, whatever um, uh, causes they, they feel relevant to them, they can actually just go and contribute directly, you know? So we can be like the, the middle person or like the hub for this mm. to, to do that. But again, we at Catholics at home, we only have uh, so far a couple of people involved in it. So maybe it's a call and shout out. To today, all those listening, if you have friends who are into social media, into web development, you can actually comment below. Let us know, tag them and all, because we would like to maybe, maybe we can help Father Bernard in terms of creating this for him if Father Bernard is open to it. You know what I mean? It's not creating another platform. It's not creating another workflow yeah, yeah. or another thing, but it's just putting something where people can see all the different efforts and they can voluntarily choose whichever they want. You know, I, I think that's the power of social media today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's possible. And I must admit, I don't have a Facebook. I barely manage with uh, WhatsApp. Uh, but I, I, I can, when, when my previous work with the refugees, we did uh, the landmines, banning the landmines campaign. And we used Facebook to actually do the campaign. And that was very helpful. So there's a place for all this. Uh, uh, we can, I mean, people can uh, do this initiative. Even our, you know, using Grab service and uh, Lala Move. Uh, and there are so many other networks uh, that we are able to use to reach out to others. You know? And even uh, at a few occasions, the Grab driver refused to accept even money yeah. because of the food distribution. Okay? And they themselves have distributed food uh, to others, given that uh, others are far, as Father Clarence said just now, others are far worse off than, than them. You know? So you have, you, yeah, you use what... Uh, the technology, media, other access to services around your locality during this time, during this time, whatever that's available, creativity, and there are limitations. And then how to even to make sure to be alert to those who fall through the cracks. Okay, mm. not everyone uh, have uh, access to the internet or social media. Also, you know, uh, yeah. how to reach out to them. So you, li you literally have to look for a way physically to get food sent uh, to them, for example. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Father Bernard. Once again, just to let the viewers know that you can ask your questions in our comment section. Just uh, post them for Father Bernard. We have one from Cynthia Ann who's asking, is there a need for the Archdiocese to open a food bank? Okay. Um, 
I think there is a food bank organized by the government before, the previous uh, government. Okay. Um, we had, as I mentioned, until uh, two years ago, our kitchen in Bukit Nanas. Okay. And in fact, these past weeks, I've been talking about it to our some of our staff also. Um, that's a place we they come to eat there, but we also keep you know bags of rice, oil, meat, sardine cans, etc. Because other NGOs also refer people who are in need, so we are able to distribute. They just come there, we take down details, and they get their food, you know. But then, yeah, we don't have that access. In fact, if we had that now, we would have probably done something like this, uh, a food bank, you know. Uh, but to set it up now, maybe this, this let's see now, the, the, there's a conditional NCO, okay. Maybe, I don't want to say relaxed because we still need to be careful and alert to the situation. We don't want to be running around everywhere and uh, making things worse. Uh, maybe that's something that, uh, let's see now. Okay? Now, people, some can go back to work, even migrants, uh, others, etc., local, they can go back to work. In fact, these past two weeks, the requests, at least on, on my side, have become less. Okay. I'm not saying that maybe there's no need, but I'm just watching and I, I've been asking some NGOs what's happening. Okay. Uh, so I, one of the explanation is yes. Some, in fact, some of them have said uh, now we don't need any help because now we can work. Okay. Very honest and, and, and noble of them to do that. You know? So we need to watch now what are the new things that's emerging. Um, if there's a need for food bank, that's something that we need to uh think and discuss and how to implement it okay yeah. because food banks sometimes can you dump the food there the, the whole issue of wastage and how to distribute on time etc the logistics must be worked out very well otherwise the food goes to waste but just to think i mean i think i mean yeah organizing a food bank on a diocesan level may be quite a challenge at this time but yeah. you know i mean i know i know of parishes who have who are distributing food i mean I mean, whoever's asking and whoever's listening to this question, you know, contact your parish. I mean, uh, they may need some things, you know, uh, they may have a list of things that you could supply them with. Uh, so on, on the local level, there's there's a lot that one can do. Uh, you know, it's, of course, it's always nice to say, okay, centrally organized, but, you know, given that you say the CMCO and all other restrictions, how are we going to mobilize people sometimes at the local level, uh, yeah. you know? So yeah, I think if you call your parish or speak to your priest or speak to your uh, the ministry that is helping, you know, ask them what they need, you know. Uh, mm. I remember, you know, Mark was asking me, I think the very first show I talked about, talked about the, that warehouse thing, you know. Uh, mm. So that's one one thing that we did. Uh, but yeah, get in touch with your parish uh, and just say yeah. that you, know, you would like to help and I'm sure they can tell you what they need. Uh, mm. And then you can, that's, uh, maybe that's, that's micro banking rather than, you know, having a macro <laughs> bank <laughs> uh, up in the, uh, in the Dyson. Yeah. Like Father Bernard said, you know, where do you store them? You know, can we can can we mobilize it quickly? Uh, you know, without getting you know, I think I think one of the experience I heard also that during the tsunami, you know, lots of food was sent out in the different different countries. You know, and they all stored in different places because they couldn't get to to the interiors, and the food was all wasted. You know, some of the priest friends were staying in in the other Asian region. So sometimes doing it on the ground and a micro level is a lot quicker. Uh, and people get it a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
if I may ask, uh, because I think Father, you mentioned sometimes there's oversupply of like the, in Kuala Lumpur, for example, mm. because they're the urban poor, too many soup kitchens and all. So if yeah. you look at um, uh, the challenges you're facing, where do you think uh, today, uh, in talk, talking about the whole ArchKL, like because we covered the Pahang and, and Terengganu yeah. also. So which parts do you think need the most help and, and, and what can people do to help? You know, because... Uh, you know, I mean, like for example, the urban churches and all yes, food and stuff. That maybe the poorer churches they really lack something. You know, what I mean, because for them uh, collection is much less versus the urban churches. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah. Any advice? Yeah. On yeah. There is, there is a difference. The urban and the rural parishes. Some of our rural parishes, even their Sunday collection is not even enough to buy the host for mass. You know, uh, so and and they have asked for help and have offered help some of these uh, rural parishes. Yeah. What I think moving forward, like the uh, just talking about church structure first, uh, the urban parishes that are more well to do, okay, if they can support the rural parishes, okay, like for example, the PhD collection of some of the urban parishes, and I'm not going to mention names because I know, uh, they, they are better off, okay. They can help some of the rural parishes whose PhD collection is is very very uh, minimal, you know. So how can they channel resources? A bit like what Saint Paul, in the early days of the church, used to do. He used to collect money from the wealthier parishes, churches, to help the poorer churches. And he was very uh, uh, bold, confident about it. Look, there's a need for the poor church. Can the wealthier church help? So that's that's one. The other thing is, yeah, I mean, we all know this one is a bigger issue, like development. A lot of people from the rural places come to urban centers, okay? So there's uh, overcrowding. So our development strategy also must change. So how to develop outside of the city, okay? So you have people coming to the urban urban place looking for jobs and education, livelihood, etc. And even the homeless that crowd around, especially uh, except now, the government has put them in a, in a better place. La, okay? um, we need to think la, like job job opportunities for people in the rural areas, you know, job skills. Okay? Um, but that also, it, 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 the national economic policy also needs to look into how to provide skills, jobs, education, where they are, instead of you know getting concentrated only on the urban setting. La, okay? Yeah, so the bigger issues we can't uh, deal with it is more complex. But it's going back to what Father Clarence said. At the moment, the micro level, whether it's food bank or helping, even in in, in creating livelihood projects. For example, uh, visitation parish in Saramban during the lockdown. I don't know they still continue. They initiated. They have a hall. You know all this PPE, the the protective uh, yeah. thing. Right? Yes. They got people, they organized uh, sewing, etc. trained people. They were producing these PPEs for people in Shramban. Okay, You create jobs, Okay, you give people something to do to keep their sanity intact also, but you're also reaching out to people. Okay, So there's a multiplier effect in some of these things uh, that we can do. Okay. Um, one example, uh, I can go on, but uh, that's, that's one... I, I, now, I mean, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people also want to know. Okay, I mean, do we have support systems for people who have lost their jobs and you know mm -hmm. uh, to find to recreate job? 
I mean, the way I look at it is we, we, are, we are still at phase one, you know, in terms of responding yeah. to the immediate need. There will be subsequent phases that we that the church will need to look at. Uh, yeah, I guess there's one question from Anne. Hi, Anne. Anne was, yeah. you know, for those retrenched, left unemployed, do we have a yeah. networking platform? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we will move into those areas, you know, after the yeah. immediate needs uh, uh, that are taken yeah. care of. I mean, we are, I mean, it's just two months now and at least from what I'm seeing, yes, you know, a lot of it is to do with just daily sustenance, yeah. uh, food, you know, and that has been the immediate response. Uh, I guess we will start, I mean, the church will start looking at other areas as we go down the road as to how to help people. So, Father, if you want to help the rural uh, parishes and all, uh, do we contact the, the Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur or do we go to SVP uh, where they distribute it throughout? I think the, the easiest way is contact the parish directly, the, the parish priest or the PhD more direct instead of going. Uh, okay, so uh, let me see the rural churches directly. Yeah, let's say a parish in, uh, let Father Clarence Parish in Kuala Tumbu Baru, uh, uh, St. Paul the Apostle, you know. Uh, I used to go there quite often also, okay. So that's as an example. So better to contact uh, them directly, you know. Uh, instead of, the, you know, the centralized way works to some extent, but then how to decentralize some service so that we church out the poor, so that we don't get caught with the micromanagement uh, issues, la, you know. Uh, especially at this time, la, this current time, uh, you really need to look for ways to reach out more directly, quickly. Yeah. yeah um, thank you very much, uh, Father Bernard, for you know mm. giving us the big picture of uh, what what's happening and what the church is doing and also how can we help. I think, uh, well, for me, the takeaway is that, you know, the structures are already in place, uh, you know, way before this CMCO mm. and MCO. And we just have to use them as Father Bernard has been saying to, you know, just contact the parish, you know, we we want to do things and, you know, sometimes we want to start new things, but actually the structures are already there. We are just not using them, maybe because we don't know. And I I hope this show has uh, certainly helped to enlighten some of the viewers that the structures are already in place. The people yeah. are already there. And, you know, maybe you just need to reach out, you know, as Father Clarence has also mentioned. Is there any other takeaway, uh, Father Bernard, I suppose, that you want to, to tell our viewers? Oh, yeah, so in a... Concrete practical way in terms of donation, yeah, you can donate directly to your parish locality. Okay? You can go to the websites. Uh, even if you uh, if you are inclined to donate to our Lady of Fatima Parish, you're more than welcome. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, to that is that is not a paid advertisement. Let me just. That's personal coming from me, but I'm just giving an example. <laughs> so, so that one direct way, la, uh, donate, and then. I think the Facebook that you mentioned that could be a good way for someone. It definitely, I don't have the skills to develop uh, something like that to, to connect, uh, bring people together. Um, and then the, the, the thing about uh, being alert where you are, as Father, we, we talked about, instead of asking, that's why Jesus loves to twist, put things upside down. Okay? He was asked, uh, who is my neighbor? But he turned the question and asked, whom, to whom can I be a neighbor? Okay. Which means those who are in need, I can be a neighbor to them. How can we be alert, lower down our walls a little bit, yeah, just to peek out and find out, okay, who are those uh, in need? Okay. 
on the ground, I see this happening. A lot of people are doing, you know, they send me messages and they're doing it. I said, good, do what you can to reach out to others, to be a neighbor to others. Okay. Uh, to stretch that also, find out what are the other agencies, whether it's NGOs, uh, faith-based organizations, like for example, here in Brickfields, our, our places of worship, yeah? there's two places where you can, YMCA and the, the temple, the people are feeding. So we don't have to start another sort of feeding program in Fatima. People have come here, I have referred them to that. It's just a walking distance uh, from Fatima. So find out what's going on uh, around your area, okay? uh, whether it's church, places of worship or NGOs. I think all you need to do is just pick up the phone uh, and call pick your phone and or look out in the social media what's happening out there. You know, we can all reach out and help one another. Yeah, yeah. Ask each other. If people ask me if I don't know, I'll ask people whom I know. So it was yeah. a whole uh, switchboard uh, thing going around. Uh, okay. mm -hmm. Lastly, if I may, I want to add, since it's an opportunity, um, we need to keep an eye on the people who are most vulnerable, most in need. You know? okay. that, that's the, the principle. Okay. And in times like this, and, I, and you and I know, okay, um, there's a lot of uh, bad press sometimes on migrants, refugees and all that. In good times, we know this past 20, 25 years, migrants, whether you call them migrants or refugees, they have been in a backbone building our buildings and airports and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, you know. Many of them have been out of work now, okay. And I'm not going to go into all this thing about documented, undocumented, illegal, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, they are human beings. Huh? The same dignity that you and I share. In, in good times, they were helping build our country, okay? And then this whole thing about they're living off our country, it is, it is not true, okay? Uh, they've contributed in building our country. Okay? They've been doing works that we Malaysians don't want to do or refuse to do, okay? They have been taking up uh, those kinds of work, you know? And this time, especially many of them will be, have been out of the job and may continue to be out of a job and that's a big issue uh, how can we uh, pay attention to them not neglecting our local and saying oh we just only have no let's look at human beings as human human beings uh who are the most vulnerable that we can respond to uh in the way we can we, we can't uh, solve everybody's problem at least at the at, at the basic level of compassion of being open instead of judging instead of being filled with prejudices being open to respond to the needs, you know? looking at human beings with dignity, not not with labels. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Uh, Father Bernard, is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, like, there any other questions you want yeah. me to? No, that's fantastic. Uh, a lot of reminders there for us, and especially how we look at things and not to neglect those who, like you said, have uh, rebuilt. Uh, uh, sorry, built our country up. Thank you very much for all that reminders. You know, we've gone past an hour, but you know, if I can just spend uh, five minutes to talk about Teacher's Day, will uh, Father Clarence, will you be up for it? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we all have been formed by our teachers. Maybe just a shout out for our schools. You know, I, mean, you know, I, I studied mostly in Rawang, uh, Sinaran Budi Primary School, Sri Garing. So a shout Sri. out to my school and to my teachers also. I mean, with all the others can also shout out your school names and, you know, just to acknowledge the teachers. <laughs> I studied St. John's and since all the way primary to secondary and I'm still in touch with many of the alumni. I play hockey. I used to play hockey in school. 
I still play now. Of course, it's past two months. <laughs> I get yeah. connected with some of my hockey teammates, the Alumni Association. We play in Mark, the hockey league. Which uh, school you go to, Mark? The best school in the world, Father, La Salle PJ. If you say so, Mark. Father, I have to say something. I, I look through my... Yeah, I looked through my 1996 picture of all the teachers. So I visit school quite frequently. And the teachers who are still there, they look like they haven't aged much. You know, I mean, it's something about teachers that doesn't give that. I mean, they are so stressed, but somehow yeah. they, they manage well, to keep... Well, I, I, I guess you still have to go to school because you, you, you didn't pay attention while you were in school. So <laughs> I didn't pay attention. <laughs> and Kevin, Kevin, where did you go to school, Kevin? Uh, I I went to Bukit Bintang in Petaling Jaya. I don't know if you know oh, that. Uh, BBBS, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I don't have many memories of my schooling days because I was not very fond of it and not very popular in school. You know, in fact, I started I started a WhatsApp group with just two of my buddies, uh, same uh, classmates, and we built that to more than 200 people on the WhatsApp group. And I can tell you, only my two buddies know me. <laughs> oh. Well, now I, I'm sure a lot, people, lot of more, lot more people know you than anyone of us. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, yeah. Just to say, you know, Happy Teachers' Day to to all teachers out there, uh, in every form. You know, uh, just also to mention our Sunday school teachers, our formators. You know, who weekly every Sunday, you know, uh, without fail, uh, give themselves. You know, uh, we may not have the perfect teachers. But we have perfect generosity. I think you know that's very important. Who are willing yeah. to sacrifice uh, their time every Sunday uh, to form our young people? No, just a call out to just to mention uh, our gratitude to our our Sunday school teachers, our formators in in the church, uh, and people out there you know who, who are doing different things, who are teaching others. Yeah, so, just to yeah. maybe father they maybe our parents, uh, our parents yeah. who are teachers uh, Yeah, they are primary yeah. teachers. Yeah, primary teachers. Uh, yeah. So, so for all those listening, maybe you can shout out to your, your Sunday school teachers. I mean, all those on Facebook or YouTube, just tag them, thank them. I mean, let's see the comments coming in. Yeah, we see people from different parts. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. ask the viewers and name your school, where you came from, name your school, give a shout out to your school and so, say happy, happy Teachers Day to all those in that school. Yeah, right. so we get to see what different schools that you come from. Yeah, yeah, we have lots of them coming further. We have some from uh. MGCS, fantastic from Joe, and then we got some from Bukit Bintang Boys School, same as Kevin. Wow. Hey, you know, I bet he doesn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> now he does. <laughs> and we have got Lasalle, yeah, Lasalle, and then we got SJI, we got Asunta, KGV Seremban Convent School. Wow, fantastic. Not bad. All around, father. We're getting all Great, great. Just you know, just you know. I, you know, this morning I, I sent out a message to my Sunday school teachers, and I said, you know, we may not say it all the time, you know, that we don't we don't express it, you know, that we are grateful to them, you know, uh, but I think deep in our hearts we are all grateful to all the teachers, you know, we may not show it. Uh, it takes one day like this, just like Father's mm. Day, Father's Day, you know, for us to remember them. But you know, uh, I would like to just, you know, uh, really appreciate all those people who have been uh, instrumental. Uh, in in my formative years, uh, especially in formal education, yeah. I've learned a lot. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, for the yeah. one, all of you too. Sure. I second that. Yeah, thank you to all the teachers, there. and also the RCIA teachers, father. I mean, those who spend yeah, their all, time. Yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah, all formators yeah. of every form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
All right, fantastic. fantastic. Now I suppose uh, we it's time for us to wrap up the show. Uh, Father Bernard Hyacinth, it's been a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you for sharing and uh, helping steer the boat in helping our fellow parishioners, especially those who really need help during this uh, challenging time. Uh, you're welcome on our show anytime, and I hope we'll have you back again to keep us updated on the progress and the needs of the ministry and the community. Good. Well, as usual, before we conclude, uh, you know, uh, we'd like to say a closing prayer, and I suppose we'll have a special closing prayer for teachers as well. So, uh, which piece is going to be the closing prayer? <laughs> okay, we're not going to toss a coin. Let's let me just say, yeah. Let's take a moment. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our loving Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of another day in our lives, for all the blessings, for all the graces that you continue to provide for us. And sometimes we we are overwhelmed with life that we forget to thank you. But this, we take this time just to be grateful to all that you have given to us. We want to remember all those people who have been affected in so many different ways during this pandemic. Uh, emotionally, psychologically, financially, economically. We want to pray, Lord, that we as your church will be able to reach out, even in small ways, to be to care for one another, to be able to bring your love, to bring the church to them also, wherever they are. Use us, Lord, as we offer ourselves to you. We pray for the many people who are already on the ground doing this work. We ask you to protect them, to keep them safe also, you know, that they are able to continue this mission and that they are able to reach out to others. For all those who are in need, who look for direction, who feel that they are up against the wall, we pray, Lord, that you may give them, grant them hope and direction also through each one of us. We pray especially for teachers, all teachers throughout the world, all those people who instruct, who form, we pray today, Lord, in a special way that you will continue to bless them, that they may look towards you, the greatest teacher, to be compassionate, to be loving, to be able to be persons of love. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 All right, well, that's it for this show. This, uh, But our live show is not just only on Saturdays. We have... Uh, Live show coming up in the middle of the week on Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. And who will we be talking to? I'm sure many of you know this uh, sports icon of uh, Malaysia. It's Pandalela Rinong, the diver, two-time Olympic medalist. So if you'd like to join us for this conversation, you know, also maybe uh, share your comments with Pandalela. We'll try and get them on, share some questions with her. Don't forget to join us. It's all access with Pandalela Rinong this Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. All right, so that's it for this show. On behalf of my co-host, Mark Darren Lee, Father Clarence, and also Father Bernard, we wish you a blessed weekend and happy Teacher's Day from all of us at Catholics at Home. Bye-bye. And thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you, Father.